0: We've got to tell you guys about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. These guys offer an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup winning products when you head to their website mile high green cross offers a variety of cbd products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges and they pride themselves on their customer service and it shows every single time you pop in you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products such as 99 dollars pre-packed ounces and v3 hash oil bulk deals Five cartridges for 100 bucks. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, the time you walk in from the time you walk out is only nine minutes. I know that's super important for me in my hectic, crazy life. They are also informative and speedy. So head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They are conveniently located at 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. Tell them who sent you. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Make sure to check out Davidson's uh, for all your beer, wine, and spirits needs this week and this coming weekend. Harrison Wind here, Tuesday edition of the DNVR Nuggets Podcast. I'm solo today. Brendan Vote still on a long East Coast road trip. He was covering the team in New York for the Knicks game in Boston, in Brooklyn. He's in Philly. For this Tuesday matchup as well, a tough Tuesday matchup too. Uh, the Philly undefeated at home this year. The Nuggets uh, will try to change that Tuesday night. Uh, Adam took over Monday show. Uh, he broke down that loss in Brooklyn. So if you guys haven't listened to that, uh, make sure to tune in uh, to that one if you missed it. And here on Tuesday show, I'm gonna go over some quarter season greats and some quarter season award winners. I posted an article on DDNVR.com on Monday that broke down uh, some of those award winners, in my opinion. Also just some trends, storylines. Uh, what's next for MPJ? Just some takeaways from the first quarter of the Nuggets regular season. They're 21 games into this thing, of course, 14 and 7. So thought it was a good time for a reset. And I don't want to belabor the point too much, but let's talk about that 14 and 7 mark because. Fourteen and seven, Nuggets should feel pretty good about themselves, right? Like fourteen and seven is a good mark through twenty-one games. Hey, they were fourteen and seven through twenty-one games last year. Went on to win fifty-four games, so they should be in a good spot, right? Yes, they are in a good spot. I do think they are, but this fourteen and seven does not feel like last year's fourteen and seven. It just doesn't. It doesn't for a variety of reasons, I think. And I guess that's where I want to start before I get into these grades and then uh, some quarter pole accolades and like an MVP defensive player of the year Sixth man of the year best performance from uh, this first quarter of the season like 14 and seven right now I, I think what it signifies is the Nuggets are a really good team with a super high floor and I think those are two things we knew about them coming into the season and um, it, it's been an odd start to the year for sure the defense has been so good the offense has been so bad and I feel like we've had to kind of retrain ourselves in terms of what we view as a good performance and what we view as a poor performance. Because, uh, I mean, I mean, last year, I feel like we didn't know if the defense was going to be 100% legit until you know well into the second half of the year. Uh, but I'm sitting here on December 8th, December 9th and saying, man, this defense is very legit and a really strong performance from the Nuggets now – it means a great defensive game, and then if you can just have an average offense, that's probably you know gonna lead to a win. That's what a good performance from Denver means this season. Uh, you know, it, it's different in a lot of respects than it was last year when the offense was a lot better. So I feel like we've kind of had to retrain ourselves to think defense first now and it's been a little weird and I feel like that's definitely contributed to, the odd and just the weird vibe around this 14-7 and seven start. Now, I think Denver is okay, for sure. 14-7, and seven, they're fine. They haven't had any major injuries, knock on wood. Um, Jokic, and I'll get into his season so far in a second when I hand out uh, his grade and everybody else's grade on this roster. He had a really rough start, but uh, I think he showed in that lost to Boston and that lost to Brooklyn that he's going to get back and he'll eventually be back. Um, but, you know, his start, uh, I felt like that contributed to the weird vibe to begin the season. Um, but, you know, Denver, I, I think, is through that. But I still don't know where in that offense is going to get back to where it was last year, close to where it was last year, or just close to a league average level, right? Like it's are 20th in offense right now. They're 20th in team offense through a quarter of the regular season, through 21 games. That is a substantial sample size. That's a big sample size. And to be 20th in offense, an offense that's centered around Nikola Jokic, and I've said this before, so sorry if I sound like a broken record, but to be 20th in offense and an attack that's centered around Nikola Jokic with this type of talent, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, Luke Beasley, to be 20th in offense after 21 games that is unfathomable I would have thought you were out of your mind if you would have said I was going to be sitting here on December 8th and the Nuggets were going to be 20th in offense at the quarter pull of the regular season and they had, had no major injuries they haven't Will Barton's missed a couple games think about the injuries last year Will Barton was already going to be out for three months. Gary Harris already had a couple minor injuries at this point, and they were still well ahead of where they were right now, Uh, but they have not had any major injuries, and I think I said this on a show a couple weeks ago, or or last week, but I do think the fact that Denver has been fully healthy uh, was something that was damaging Nicole Jokic's individual stats early on the season, because... He clearly knew that there were more mouths to feed. Everybody had to get their touches. And I feel like he's definitely a guy who's always conscious of that. And he's like, oh, I got to get Will Barton good looks. I got to get Jamal good looks. I got to get Gary going. I got to get Paulus touches. So I feel like that definitely contributed to his lower numbers. Um, And we've seen, actually, how when Nikola has taken on more of the offense, it means, oh, there's suddenly not all these touches for Will Barton. His numbers have kind of gone down. Oh. Paul millsap has been a little invisible these last couple of games. So we've seen some ramifications from that as well. Um, but the offense continues to be a mystery. And Jokic wasn't in rhythm in the beginning of the year. Denver's offense sucked. He has been in a rhythm these last two games. Denver's offense has continued to suck. They're still 20th. They're not really going up or down right now. They've kind of leveled out at 20. And that's a bit of a scary sight, I think but 14 and 7 it's not the end of the world i do think though that this team probably is not going to win a playoff series unless they get their offense in gear you know if they can't get to a above average league uh, above league average offense if they can't get that offense in that 10 to 15 range i think they will let me make that clear i think they will but if they don't i don't think they're winning a playoff series no matter how good their defense is So let's get into some grades here, some quarter poll grades. I want to start with Nikola Jokic, and I'm going to be rough on Jokic. Um, I I think you can grade his season, the first quarter of this season, really hard for a couple reasons. I mean, first off, expectations were high for him. They should be high for him coming off of the dominant playoff run he had last year and dominant close of the season, and he has not been that great to open the year. Uh, particularly on the offensive end of the four. I feel like he's been fine defensively, and uh, he has really held his own in helping Denver to the second-best defense in the league at the time of this recording. But offensively, he has not been good. 16.1 points, that's the fewest since his rookie year, shooting 46.5% from the field. It's a career low, 22.9% from three, another career low. 10.1 rebounds, his fewest since 2016-17, the first year he became a starter. And 6.1 assists, also uh, his fewest, tied for his fewest since 2017-18. So it has not been a good start for Jokic. And this is kind of actually my overall thought of why the offense is where it's at right now. And, you know, this is just my personal opinion. Um, I, I could be off on this, but... This is just my opinion on why the offense uh, – there's obviously a lot of reasons why the offense has struggled, but kind of my overarching take on why the offense is ranked 20th right now, why they just can't seem to get it going, Jokic kind of just got off to this really awful start, wasn't in a rhythm, wasn't a big shooting slump, just did not take the command of the offense that he did last year and the year before. And and that really happened over these first – like, 18, 19 games. And Denver kind of lost its sense of direction. They didn't really know who they were on offense without Jokic kind of being that fulcrum and uh, that playmaker and that initiator. And they were just lost. And uh, they lost the feel of the offense from last year, and they haven't been able to get it back. And that is just kind of my take. It starts with him, and if you're looking to assign blame... It's never one guy. It's never one guy. But if you're looking to assign some blame for why the offense is where it is right now, I think it does center on Jokic. And so that's what I'm going to go back to there. You know, I'm going to give him a C-plus for this year so far. And, yes, he has come on over these last couple of games. But over, what, the first 18-19 games, he was just not the guy the Nuggets needed him to be. Uh, he, he was not. And I, I do give him credit because he has been good defensively. Uh, he has been looking to set others up, but you know he has just not been the presence Denver's need him to be on the offensive end for much of this year. So he's going to get a C plus from me. Moving on to Jamal Murray, and I put this out on Twitter on Monday, and I thought it was fascinating, and I got some really interesting responses. I put out just Murray's year over year stats from 2018-19 and 2019-20. and if you look at his stats from last year and from 21 games through this year, they're almost completely identical. It's actually scary how identical they are. He averaged 18.2 points last year. He's averaging 18.2 points this year. He shot 43.7% from the field last year and 43.7% from the field this year. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is crazy. His three-point percentage percentage has dipped significantly, 36.7%. Last year, 34% this year. His free throw percentage has risen this year. 84.8% last year, up to 90% this year. His total rebounds, almost identical. 4.2 rebounds last year, 4.3 rebounds this year. His assists per game, the exact same. 4.8 last year to 4.8 this year. More steals. 1.5 this year to 0.9 last year. I think that illustrates where he's improved defensively. So I just thought that was... Crazy 0.4 blocks last year, 0.4 blocks this year. Pretty much the same amount of turnovers, pretty much the same amount of personal fouls per game. Like his year over year stats, I've never seen anything like that. That's just crazy. That's why I put it out. Now, obviously, I think Murray has improved this year compared to where he was last year. He's a much better defender this year. I think the steal numbers say that, Uh, the on off numbers say that as well. That doesn't show up in a standard box score, obviously. He's obviously a, a much better leader. That's something else that doesn't show up in the box score. But I've been very impressed, and I've talked about that a lot this year, how uh, he has just really grown into that role and seems like a role he wants to take on as well. But I just found that fascinating. His box score numbers, go go, look at this right now. Go to Basketball Reference, go to ESPN. His 2018-19 stats and his 2019-20 stats are almost identical. Identical, same amount of minutes too, thirty-two point six to thirty-two point eight. It's it's crazy. Anyway, I'm giving Jamal Murray a B plus for what he's done this year. I've been impressed with his defense. Uh, I've been impressed with his leadership as well. On the offensive end of the floor, I feel like he looks like pretty much the same player to me. His efficiency is up slightly. I think twenty four percent last year to twenty five percent this year, or, or around those figures and he has kept a pretty similar efficiency, so deserves credit there, um, but have been impressed with what he's done on the defensive end of the floor, especially. All right, let's move on to Gary Harris here, and then uh, we'll hit our first break. Wrote about this today on thednvr.com, but Gary Harris's offensive year, not great so far. He's not shooting it well from the field, just at 41.4%. That's even down from last year. Uh, when he was pretty awful from the floor. 36.8% from three, that is an encouraging stat, and that has been on the uptick as of late. He's been finding a nice rhythm from three over the last five games or so, so that is very encouraging. But you know, other than that, he's had a weird offensive season for sure. He's not taking as many shots at the rim as he did last year, and that, in my opinion, is the biggest reason for his low field goal percentage. Um, like I said, I wrote about this on DNVR.com, but you know, he's just not taking as many shots at the rim this year that he did last year. Uh, specifically, Harris took 36% of his total shot attempts at the rim last year for cleaning the glass. This year, he's taking just 29% of his total shot attempts at the rim so uh, he's not attempting as many of those easy looks around the rim and historically he's been you know not an amazing finisher but just a, a slightly above average finisher too well above average so uh, if he wants to get that field goal percentage up i'd suggest some more shots around the rim but you know gary still he gets a b plus for me and he gets a b plus mainly because defense is half the game and he has been unbelievable defensively this season He, uh, this is a teaser, but he gets my Defensive Player of the Year award for Denver for the first quarter of the regular season. His teammates like to call him first team. I think he's been playing at a first team all defense level so far. Held Bradley Beal to his lowest point total of the year. Held Luka Doncic. Nobody's talking about that, but he held Luka Doncic to 12 points earlier this season. And Doncic has been putting 35-40 on everybody, no matter what defenders in his path, so... Harris has been great on that end of the floor. Seems like he's playing defense at the level he was in the playoffs last year. His offense has not been good, but defensively, he gets a big bump there. So uh, he's going to get a B-plus from me. We're talking about the Hot Peak IPA, a great beer from Breck Brewing on today's show. If you guys haven't tried the Hot Peak, man, definitely one of my favorites from Breck Brewing, and I'm not even an IPA guy. Um, doesn't taste that heavy. Good for any occasion. You know, if you guys are at the park or out at a bar, if you had a Nuggets game, check out a Hot Peak IPA. Definitely one of my favorites from Breck Brewing. Also, you guys know how supporting local business is in our blood, so we gotta tell you about Denver Rubber Company. May not be what you think it is because Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for long term projects because ni- since 1972 they've been providing the highest since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products, from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And with snow here, you're going to need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything that has to do with snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back. It was nothing short of amazing These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. We even witness machines that cut material that's used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself. And, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. 1-800-259-0010. Or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR and tell them who sent you. Welcome back to the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Moving on here with quarter season grades, Paul Millsap, he gets an A for me. And Millsap has been absolute dynamite on the defensive end of the floor. He's been great on offense too. Of course, he's going to lose a little bit with age, and just the age he's at, 34, 35, he loses a little athleticism, you can tell, but for the most part, this guy is still still just an incredibly efficient player on the offensive end of the floor this season. Millsap is shooting 48% from three this year. 48% from three on a healthy number of attempts per game, 2.5 attempts per game, and friend of the show, Matt Moore, over on uh, the Action Network, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, as well as the host of Locked on Nuggets podcast a couple days a week. He was talking about this the other day, and it was a great point. You can definitely tell that uh, Millsap went into the summer with a couple key things that he wanted to hone in on, and one of them was his shot readiness. And he knew he was going to be taking a lot of threes this year, just like he did last year, maybe more this year, because you know Denver is probably just going to have more health than it did last year. That's proven to be true. But he is just always ready to shoot the ball this year. It seems like his release is quicker. It's faster. It's cleaner. And he looks more confident, really popping the ball from three uh, with more regularity and just kind of a quicker trigger. He's got a quicker trigger than he did last year. And I mean, he is shooting the lights out from three, shooting 47% from the field, just slightly lower than that 48.4% figure he shot last year. So he's fine there. Averaging 13 points per game this year. Instead of 12.6 last year, he's playing fewer minutes per game. But, you know, those three balls are dropping, and that's why his average is a little bit higher. And then defensively, he's been so good. He has held the Nuggets defense together on the back line for these last couple of seasons. He's doing it again this year. And look... He he has just met every expectation that the Nuggets and that everybody else had for him when he arrived here in terms of just totally remodeling and reinvigorating Denver's defense. He's done just that, and you know his hands are are still at like an all NBA level. Some of the strips he gets are just incredible, and just the focus and attention, the detail he has on defense, it's not going anywhere. So Millsap in his age thirty four season, he looks great. He gets an A for me for you know, what he's done this season. Will Barton, he also gets an A for me, and, you know, Will is a guy who uh, I tried to tell you guys on this podcast throughout the entire summer, I thought he was going to come back with vengeance and be the guy he was in 2017-18. He might even be better so far this season. 14.2 points, shooting 41.5% from three, that's a career high, obviously. Also shooting 44.9% 44.9% from the field, nearly a career high, 6.5 rebounds. That's a career high, 3.3 assists. Great figure there. So he's been great offensively. His jump shots look great. He has kind of filled a need for this team because the Nuggets don't have a ton of like one-on-one creators, you know? You think Jamal Murray's that guy? He's not really that guy. He sometimes struggles or struggles a lot getting around his defender. But Will Barton might be the team's best 101 creator. He's had a lot of those moments late in shot clocks, late in quarters this year. But then like Millsap defensively, that's what gives Barton an A for me. Um, I've seen just a renewed commitment from Barton defensively. And uh, he was never like the worst defender, but you never thought of him last year or the year before as like a above average guy or a guy you could really count on or want to count on. You can count on him this year. He's had a number of really solid defensive games and just seen a want to defend from him this year that I haven't seen in years past. So very impressed with his defensive effort. Offensively, like I said, he's been great. Been really good reading pick and roll, reading uh, just the defense out of pick and rolls and whatnot. So just a great year all around from Will Barton. Let's move on to the bench and um, man, a rough year from the bench. (laughs) a rough year from the bench. It's kind of tough to see any of these guys stand out. I guess I'll start with Grant, who I think probably in the aggregate has been Denver's best player off the bench. I mean, he's been good enough to close over Millsap in some of these games, like against Brooklyn when he went five of seven from three and Denver rolled with him to close. And, you know, Grant's numbers, like they don't look amazing. They don't look terrible either. Nine point... Five points, 3.5 rebounds, shooting 45.5% from the field, up to 36% from three. I think he raised his three-point percentage from like 32% to 36% after going five of seven from three against Brooklyn. Uh, so now that looks a lot better. But, you know, still just from the eye test, just does not seem like he's really found his footing. And it's surprising because, you know, you thought Jeremy Graham was going to be such a seamless fit here. And I think he still will be a really good fit going forward and for the years ahead because I'm still under the belief he'll be here for the long haul. But um, I think his struggles and his inability to really find his fit this year just kind of goes along with how poor the entire bench has been. And um, yeah, the, the bench has been a big mystery all year. And Grant's play has kind of suffered because I don't think those around him have played well at all. You know, maybe the solution, and I wrote about this today, maybe some more minutes with Jokic like I kind of envisioned Grant coming here and just getting easy bucket after easy bucket from the best passing big man ever. Denver's gone to that look a little bit and actually the results have not been great when uh Jokic and Grant have been on the floor together. Denver's actually deep in the negatives uh when those two are out there, but maybe they go to that some more and just try to get those two some more minutes together. Um, I think it could be beneficial to Grant. But yeah, I'm going to give Grant a C-plus so far. And again, I don't think it's like all his fault that he hasn't fit in seamlessly because the bench around him has not been great. But I don't know, kind of expected a little more from him so far. Monte Morris, a guy who can usually do no wrong, but you know, just has not... Obviously, had the year he had last year so far, his efficiency is down a little. I'm going to give him a B- minus, though. Uh, If you're looking at the bench guys, probably one of the guys who's been the steadiest there right now. He's at 7.2 points per game, shooting 43% from the field again. That's a drop from last year, along with 39% from three. A solid figure from three, uh, but one that's dropped a little last year. And, I mean, he's had a solid year. Uh, a solid year, but I mean, not like he was last year. It seems like he has, you know, just taken a step back from last year. And again, like Grant, it probably has a lot to do with the fact that the bench as a unit just has not been in sync. Like it was a season ago, Malik Beasley. I'm going to give a C plus two this year. He got off to such a bad start. Like his defense was so bad at the beginning of the year. And then he got that illness and was just straight out of the rotation. Uh, he has been a nice boost to the bench unit, I'll say, since he's gotten back in the lineup. And I do think he's a pretty important part to this bench unit because Jeremy Grant has been an inconsistent shooter. Mason Plumlee has been an inconsistent shooter. Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I'll talk about in a second, has had a bad year shooting the ball so far from three Malik is the most reliable shooter in my opinion by far on that second unit. Shooting 41.2% from 3 so far. Had a couple late had a couple rough games as of late, but I mean if I'm choosing anyone to shoot an open 3 on that second unit, it's Malik. But you know he's had this up and down start to the season and you can't help but think about is he going to be with this team for the playoff run because as December 15th hits, and that's the day when most of the contracts that were signed this summer can be traded, and the February trade deadline gets closer. You look at Denver and say, hey, maybe they make a move. Maybe they make a move to get Michael Porter Jr. some more minutes. In my opinion, in my personal opinion, the most likely player to get traded on this roster is Malik Beasley. A, because I think it would free up minutes for Porter, and I think that's something Denver wants to do. And B, I don't think Malik is going to be back here next season. So if you can, can get a first round pick for him, which trust me, Denver can. Uh, they've been able to. They would have been able to in the past, and they can do so here uh, at this deadline too. I believe. I think they should, and I think they would pull the trigger on that deal. So we'll see what happens with Malik. But he, so far, he has been a very, you know, nice boost to the bench unit. I'm gonna give him a C plus though. The beginning of his year was so bad that it kind of really did hurt Denver's bench and get them off to a bad start. Mason Plumlee, I'm gonna give a B minus two uh this season. Look, Plumley he's got a high floor as well, kinda of like this Nuggets team. He doesn't have a ton of those nights where you know he's just awful, but I don't think he's been as good as he was last year. And you know, he, he's gotten the minutes. He's gotten actually more minutes. He's averaging 16.7 right now. More minutes than I thought he'd get. And I forgot to mention this in the Jeremy Grant section. Maybe a way to get Grant just some more opportunities around the rim is playing him at the five because really now Grant's sharing the four most with Plumley Plumley's always playing the five and around the basket. You know, Grant can't really get into that dunker spot. Maybe he could if he was at the five. Anyways, Plumley he's been solid, but too many possessions lately have just been ending in Mason Plumlee jumpers or Mason Plumlee floaters. I mean, you gotta feed the big guy. Don't get me wrong. You gotta feed the big guy. You gotta reward him. You gotta give him a couple post ups every now and then for just his rebounding and his defense. But it's that Boston game, man. or I think it might have been the Brooklyn game. Too many possessions ending in uh, just Mason Plumlee offense. But I'm gonna give him a B minus. I think he's been solid this year. You know, not spectacular but he's done his job. Wancho Ernan Gomez, I'm going to give a C. And um a little disappointed in Wancho's year because you know, Denver's given him a shot here, as of late continues to give him a shot. I don't know how long they're going to continue to give him a shot because you got Porter here who I think needs to get minutes soon, but Wancho's out there to make threes. He's out there to make shots. Yes, he's a great ball mover. Yes, he just really gets Denver playing healthier offense when he's out there. He's energetic. He can give you a spark. He can get out in transition. He likes to run. Um, But he's out there to make threes, and he's shooting 32.4% from three right now. And this really stuck out to me in that um, Boston game, I think. Or it might have been the Brooklyn game, but his four missed threes really stuck out. And, like, that's what he's out there on the floor to do. If he's not making threes, if he's not making open threes, because all those four were good looks, he just doesn't, you know, really just doesn't have a lot of uses out there. And like I said, I love Wancho. I think he's a great off-ball mover. He's a great cutter. He's a great four-spacer. But if he's just not hitting his threes, it really kills his value out there. So... A lot of his grade is tied to his three-point shooting, and so that's why I'm going to give him a C for this year. You know, Defensively, I think he's been okay. He's been bad in some spots. Um, but, yeah, I-, I thought Wancho might be able to take this opportunity and run with it. Um, but, you know, through 14 games, he hasn't. So uh, we'll see what happens. A couple more guys to get to here. Torrey Craig. I'm going to give Torrey Craig a B- minus here. And, um, you know, obviously he got taken out of the rotation for Wancho uh, because of his offense. But defensively, uh, I think he's been really good all year. And he's had some really big moments, too, like against the Rockets. I think just his performance against the Rockets, that's going to maybe bump his grade up from a C to a beat for me. Just because he was so good in that game on Harden, on Westbrook. And, you know, I don't know where he's going to factor into this rotation throughout the rest of the season. I've been a little surprised that he's just been out of this thing completely over the last couple of games. I definitely thought they'd be able to use him against um, Brooklyn to stop Dinwoody when Gary Harris couldn't really contain him over the entire first half. But, yeah, he's been kind of tied to the bench here as of late. Um, but defensively, I think he's been pretty good. And, you know, offensively, he hasn't. But, you know, you have him out there to play defense. So I'm going to give Torrey a minus. B-. We'll see if he gets back into this thing. Uh, Like, I'm sure he'll be a factor in the playoffs, I would presume. But, I mean, we'll we'll see if he can. uh, We'll see if he gets back into the rotation throughout the regular season. I'm sure we haven't heard the last from him. Finally, Michael Porter Jr. He's appeared in 12 games. Here are the stats on Porter right now. 4.3 points, shooting 46.7% from the field, 33% from three. 2.4 rebounds per game. I think when I'm doing this podcast and handing out midseason grades, we're going to have a lot of data and a lot of minutes from Porter to look at. I think his playing time is going to go up here pretty soon. That's just kind of the feeling you get. Like Wancho's clock, like I was just talking about. Seems like it's running low, and that, to me, would signal minutes for Porter. Also, if they make a trade, if they unload one of these wings, you know, Porter's the next guy up, that would also vault him into minutes. But here's also my read on Porter. You saw us in the Boston game. When he got in in the fourth quarter with around eight minutes left alongside Denver's four other starters, he played so free during those final eight minutes. He played at ease. And when he was a part of this rotation... You know, going back five, six, seven games ago, and he would get with that second unit. He was so uptight. You could tell he was thinking, He, you could tell he was so concerned about never making a mistake. And so my read on him right now is when he's playing with a longer leash, he's just a better player and he's more at ease. And that probably goes the same for a lot of rookies. So he's going to have to learn that when he's a part of the rotation and, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes, he's going to get yanked, but he's got to be able to play with that same confidence, that same swagger that he played with in that fourth court against Boston you know, as a part of the second unit. But I think Denver should try to get him some more minutes with the starters. Definitely with Jokic, I think those guys have a nice chemistry and they hooked up with a nice dribble handoff sequence in that Celtics game. And something you've always thought is Jokic definitely recognizes the talent, the offensive talent that Porter is. So I would love for those guys to get some minutes together. But now, I'm going to give Porter a C. Plus and where I'm going to dock him is this is obvious when he's been out there and when he was a part of the rotation. He gets confused on some of the play calls. No, he doesn't really know where to go. Uh, he goes to the wrong side of the floor. And then by the time he gets back over to the other side, there's already been four seconds or five seconds on the shot clock that Denver's wasted. Those are valuable possessions for a team like the Nuggets who wants to play quicker in the half court than they have so far this year. And, you know, he's got to be up to speed on that stuff. He's got to know all the plays. He's got to be a better communicator on the defensive end of the floor. That stuff will come. That stuff takes time. And the fact that he's a rookie, maybe it's not surprising, but he's got to be better in those areas when he does get back into the rotation because I think that time is coming quickly. Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983 through a commitment to customer service and team performance Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303 646 6765, they'll give you the DB or hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you got to call 303 646 6765 to receive 20% off your next service call. Back to the DMVR Nuggets podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Harrison Wintear, solo on a Tuesday, last segment of the show. I want to go over some quarter season awards. I put these on the DMVR.com, but if you didn't check those out, here you go. My MVP. This was a controversial pick, according to some, Nicole Jokic. And I know I just spent like five minutes on where he struggled and how he deserves most of the blame for Denver's offense being where it is at this point in the year. But he's still Denver's best player and he's still, in my opinion, most responsible for the 14 wins the nuggets have. And I don't think Denver has 14 wins, you know, if it's not for him, my second choice here was Millsap, but you know, Millsap has faded a little in these last couple games over this last week and his defense has been great but um you know I'm still giving this to Jokic and I know that was a little controversial but I still feel like he's Denver's best player Denver's most valuable player and especially in these last two games that his offense is kind of you know coming around I think he deserves that MVP my defensive player of the year this goes to Gary Harris with a close honorable mention to Paul Millsap. I think Harris has played at a first-team all-defense level for most of the season. I mean, Millsap hasn't lost a step either, but it's been Gary Harris stopping Brad Beal, Buddy Heald, uh, Devin Booker twice, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and uh, Russell Westbrook at times. He's been great defensively and a huge reason why the Nuggets have the second-best defense in the league. My most improved player so far, Will Barton. I thought Barton was going to bounce back from a really poor season last year. I was not expecting him to be this good. So most improved player goes to Will Barton. My sixth man of the year so far is Jeremy Grant, and I know he's kind of underperformed. I just talked about that, but he's had some really good moments, and he's been good enough at times to close games out for Denver. So uh, he's definitely kind of emerged from a pretty below-average bunch on that second unit. My next choice there, I guess, would either be Monte or Mason Plumley. Biggest surprise, threw this one in there, Bol Bol. Not sure if you guys have noticed. I've been trying to tweet out his stat line every game he plays, along with some videos, but he's been absolutely killing it in the G League. I don't know if anybody, well, other than Monte Morris, who said he'd be putting up double-doubles as soon as he went down there. I don't think many people thought he'd have this kind of start. Nuggets best win of the season, 105-95 over the Houston Rockets. What an amazing win that was. And my best performance of the year so far, Jamal Murray, 39 points, 14-24 from the field, 7-12 from three, four rebounds and assists, three steals, one block in just 31 minutes. He didn't play the entire fourth quarter. And the Nuggets, 131-114 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. That was a very vintage Jamal Murray microwave performance. All right, let me know what you guys think. Hit us up on thednvr.com in the comment section. That's only open to subscribers. Or hit me on Twitter, at Harrison Wynn. Let me know what you think about these grades, some of those accolades I handed out. Jokic MVP one. You guys probably have some issue with that. Millsap would have been my second choice just for his defense and offense as well. Jamal Murray would have been my third choice there. But let me know what you guys think. Hit me on thednvr.com, like I said. Hit me on Twitter as well, at Harrison Wind. Nuggets are in Philly. Tuesday night, a tough, tough game. Tough game. They're trying to not go 1-3 and on this road trip. Their losers are four of these last five right now, so they need a win, and they got a tough Portland team who's playing well with Carmelo Anthony coming to Pepsi Center on Thursday, so that should be a fun one. Thanks for listening, guys. Be back with another episode on Wednesday. Talk to you then.